Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hi, we are joined by Samantha Citro. She is the director of marketing and operations at Immunicology, a natural prestige skincare brand based in New York City. Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, Sam. Hey, Jody. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we're so excited for you to be here. Our listeners are really curious about the career paths and journeys of executives in the beauty industry. And um, we just want to hear your honest and authentic story. And I, I think your story is going to be really interesting for our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what do you want me to start from the very, very beginning? <laughs> well, you know, I think what's interesting, and I'm going to call this out, and I haven't done this in any other podcast, um, I'm going to call it the fact of your age. You're in your 20s. And um, I think that's really important. So you, you are in your 20s, right? You can confirm that for me. Yes, I can confirm that I am squarely <laughs> in my 20s. So, you know, I, I think that this is interesting because um, there's relevancy here to our listeners with you that maybe they can't get with someone who's in their fifties or sixties and has maybe they've had multiple careers, but that feels really far away from our listeners who are maybe in college or just entering the workforce. Um, so, you know, in essence, I think when our listeners hear your story, it might feel like their story, right? It might, they might really connect to it in a way that they can't with someone who's um, farther along in their career. Um, and then the other thing is, I don't think our industry gives a voice to the young person, you know, unless you are like, um, I don't know, um, securing a billion dollars worth of funding for a startup. No one really or listens <laughs> to people your age. Or, yeah, or like uh, a, you know, Instagram star, social media influencer. Um, right, right. But like there's, you know, um, hundreds of thousands of people your age doing, um, incredible jobs in this industry and, you know, you have a significantly elevated role, right? Like you've, you know, your journey, which you'll share with us is really phenomenal. Maybe not everybody can get there as quickly as you have, but, um, I think it's really interesting for people to, to hear this and hear from someone, um, in your position. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, when I was, um, over the past few years as I've kind of been, you know, going through twists and turns and trying to figure out what I want to do and what I want to focus on, um, I have sought out, um, words of advice from people who have gone through similar things and who didn't go through it, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, but are going through it now. And it's hard. Um, it's hard to find people who, are in their twenties and feel like they want to talk about it. Um, because I feel like most of us are still so much in that discovery phase that we're like, what do we have to say? Um, why should anyone listen to us? You know? Um, and so, yeah, just going to CEW events. I love the events that they put on. Um, and, but it still feels a little bit far removed from the place that I'm at. Um, and trying to find some, peer guidance on how to navigate the workforce right now has been tricky. Yeah. Um, you know, let's, let's start with where you started. Cause, um, you know, most people wouldn't have expected, um, someone in your position now is the director of marketing at a really interesting brand to, um, come into this industry the way that you have. So uh, you told me that you were an actor, right. For most of your life. Yeah. So I was an actor. 
um, from the time that I was very young through college. Um, I did, you know, regional tour type of stuff. I did, had a couple of small TV things. Um, I did a lot of, you know, national competitions. I studied at um, Mason Gross and Boston Conservatory and UCLA um, while I was in high school and then decided to go to NYU Tisch for college. Um, And I studied the Meisner method for anybody who's familiar with acting (laughs) Um, and really loved it. I mean, I was 100% convinced that that was what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Um, and then I had the opportunity to, um, to think about joining a national tour and I was going to have to be on the road for about 18 months and something in my gut just said, no, like if I am, if I don't want to do that, if I don't want to be on the road for 18 months, then this isn't the thing for me. This isn't my forever passion. Um, and that was the catalyst for me to start thinking about what else I wanted to do with my life. I'd been so set for, you know, 20 years on being an actor. And then it feels like sort of overnight, I had to find something else to do, um, which was a pretty scary place to be, but also very invigorating. Um, what do you think happened in that moment when you got that opportunity here, here's the job, here's the gig, you'll be on the road for 18 months. What, what changed for you? I, I think I just didn't want to live, um, a life on the road and a life of, um, never knowing where my next job was going to come from. Um, I wanted something with more a little bit more certainty, but I also wanted something that I felt that I had more control over than the, um, than the performance industry gives you control over until you're a superstar. You know, you're always Mm -hmm. at the whim of a director or a a casting agent or your manager. And um, I just didn't want to live my life that way. This must have been um, a moment where you had to be incredibly brave about this decision. I think so. Um, It was hard, but it felt, once I had decided, um, once I got that twinge in my gut that said, nope, this isn't the thing, um, I'd say I had, you know, two days of, you know, sitting in bed eating chocolate trying to figure out what I wanted (laughs) And then after that, I was like, all right, it's time to get it together. Let's figure it out. Um, and I think that's kind of how I've always led my life. I'm not, um, I'm not a dweller. I don't, um, I don't show when I'm scared. Um, I kind of just keep moving. And I think that that has, you know, served me well so far. So at that moment, were you like, I'm never going to pursue acting as a career anymore, or I'm just not going to take this gig? Was it as cut and dry, or was it like a little more fluid? It wasn't so binary. It was more fluid. Um, I think that was the start of me realizing that I didn't want to do this as a career anymore. Um, I said, no, I don't want to do this gig. I stopped pursuing it. Um, And then I, you know 
picked up a web design course. Um, and that was getting me really jazzed thinking about, you know, when you're putting together a website, how are you marketing the product through the visuals? And I think that's, um, part of how my, the back of my brain started thinking about marketing, um, as a potential career. And, um, some other things came up, smaller acting gigs. I took them, but I wasn't jazzed about going to rehearsal in the way that I used to be. And, um, I kind of went through the motions of being excited about doing it, but I had, um, shut off a little bit on the inside. And I'd say after probably two or three of those, I was pretty sure that I was done. Mm -hmm. So how did you get your first job in beauty? So that, this is my favorite story. Um, I was looking for a job to pay my rent because um, now that I was no longer pursuing acting gigs, I needed to find something to do. Um, And so I have this friend, her name is Liza, who's a DJ. And she would DJ down at this bar um, where we were living near the Gramercy area, um, like three nights a week. And we, my friend, my friends and I would always go. Um, And so I became friends with the guy, Steven, who owned the bar. And, um, when I was looking for a job, I reached out to him and I was like, Hey, Steven, you know, I don't know if you have any bartending positions open, but I'm really looking for a job. Can you help me out? And after a couple of days of silence, he reaches back out to me and he goes, Sam, you know, I don't think bartending's for you, (laughs) which was so funny. Um, but I know these women who run a skincare company. Would you be interested in selling skincare? And I, at that point, I was like, oh, <laughs> so random. No, so random. Um, but that moment, that decision to say, like, yeah, sure, I'll take the job, um, changed the path of my life. Um, and the fact that Stephen, you know, knew enough about me to know that being at a bar until last call dealing with drunk people was probably not for me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so he, he, and that decision sort of set me off on a path that I really love and have enjoyed ever since. Um, Coming from acting and devoting your young adult life to acting, did you have any self-doubt about taking on a job in an industry that you were unfamiliar with? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember calling my dad when I got the job and it was, you know, it wasn't like a full-time thing. It was going to start off out, start out as part-time. It felt more like, you know, taking a part-time sales job than um, making this huge career move. I didn't know at the time that that's what I was doing. Um, But I remember calling my dad and, and saying, Hey dad, I have this opportunity. Do you think that I should take it? And he said, yeah, you know, why not? Um, And my parents have always been encouraging of me to follow the path that feels right um, and to keep my options open and to try new things. And um, so I took the job knowing that, you know, since it was part-time 20 to 30 hours a week at first, I would still have time if that itch came up again to, you know, go on an audition or to do a small gig, I could still do it. Um, but I never did. I never did after that point. 
So tell us about that first job. What were you doing? What was life like in, in the beauty industry for you at that time? So first job, um, I was a sales and events coordinator for um, Juara Skincare, which is a really amazing indie brand um, based on these Indonesian beauty rituals. Um, and sales and events coordinator meant that I was, you know, going to ABC Carbon and Home, which is a um, eclectic boutique here in the city, um, and standing in front of the product for six hours and, you know, giving people hand massages and introducing them to the brand. <laughs> I was customer facing. I was on the floor. Um, eventually. So I was at ABC. Then I was also at new London, which is this little pharmacy. Um, and they have such a great staff and I would go in and we would chat and we became friendly. Um, and you know, the same thing I'd pull out the candle nut body cream was their signature product and I'd hold it in my hand. And as people would walk by, I'd be like, Oh my goodness, do you smell that amazing aroma? And they'd be like, yes, what is it? And I would give them a hand massage. Um, and try to sell the product. And that was my first job in the beauty industry. That's how it started. Um, eventually, I you know, started coordinating events at the um, different locations. I, um, was, I started out working in the office. And this is kind of where the next switch came. Um, when the girls ran the company were moving offices from one location to another. And they needed help, you know organizing, cleaning, and packing boxes. And I just, they mentioned it um, in passing when we were having a conversation about something else. And I was like, oh, you need help? Absolutely, I'll come by and help you. Um, And so I spent three days in a row um, cleaning out the old office and packing boxes and moving them down the street to the new office. And that is when I really met and um, started to get to know a woman named Nadia Youssef, who um, is an amazing, amazing mentor and marketer and, you know, brand creator um, and very important person in my life. And I think she saw something in me um, in those three days when I was packing. It may have just been my ability to um, clean dust from very far corners. I was like very, I'm very detail oriented. Um, I think that's <laughs> on. And, um, she said, Hey, do you think you might want to start coming to the office? You know, a couple days a week, you can help me with packing out boxes to retailers or PR people or, um, helping me with random things that come up. And I was like, sure, absolutely. Um, and so that was kind of the next turn. Um, where I was on the sales floor a couple of days a week. I was working in the office a couple of days a week. And that's where I really started to love um, marketing and branding and eventually sales. I was doing, you know, cold call reach out. It was a super small team. So I just picked up Slack where I saw Slack. Um, And I filled holes where I saw holes. Um, And eventually you know, three days a week in store turned into two days a week in store turned into, you know, I was working full time at the office and then I was hiring someone else to work in store. Um, and I ended up staying with those guys for a while. This idea of picked up Slack where I saw Slack, um, 
you know, this is probably something that our young listeners should write down and like put it in their phone or on their wall. Um, because it's probably a theme that's followed you um, before and since of the road to success, success, which is seeing opportunities and taking advantage of them, um, even in the smallest way in your story, right? Just offering to help pack the boxes. Um, did you, you see that as like an opportunity to get one-on-one time with the founder or was it just one of these pick up Slack where I saw Slack moments? No, it was really just another pick up Slack where I saw Slack. Um, you're right. It's something that, has, um, followed me throughout my whole life. Um, I always, I'm always looking for places where things can be improved. Um, I'm a tiny bit of a, not, I wouldn't say a perfectionist, but a like do it rightist. Um, (laughs) and so, um, whenever I see places where I can help, I try to, Um, and you know, sometimes it's welcome and sometimes it's not, but it's mostly served me well so far. You know, I think it's probably something that, um, goes on hyperspeed when you work at a startup, right? This opportunity, like this, well, this chance to see opportunities and to take advantage of them. I think it's harder to do in large corporations. Um, but would you say that's like one of the benefits of working at a startup? Definitely. Um, I mean, I would say in my first year of working with the girls at Juara, I was a um, sales rep. I was an events coordinator. I was, you know, a PR assistant, a marketing assistant, a sales assistant, an operations assistant. I had my fingers in product development a little bit. I was also a product filler. I hand filled, you know, a thousand samples of candle and body cream one day. That was something I did. I got, to, I got to wear a lot of hats and that was something that I'm very thankful for um, happening early on in my career because I got exposed to so much. Um, and that is, that comes from both, you know, raising your hand when um, opportunities become available, but also um, I was very fortunate to be with a group of really great women who wanted to see me grow, wanted to give me opportunity and wanted to help. Um, and that is something that is very rare, but again, I keep, I keep finding it, um, throughout the few jobs that I've been in so far in my career, I keep finding people who, um, are nurturing and who are open and who want to help. Um, and I think aligning yourself with people who, um, care about their business and care about you is such an important thing early on in your career. You know, I'm really so struck by your openness. Um, you seem so open to change and open to experiences. And um, like, I, I, it sounds like you live in this like constant state of like acceptance, like acceptance of what's happening around you now and breeds openness. Um Share with us where you went next, because I think that um, this theme of openness and willingness, um, you know, is probably what keeps leading you on this journey. Um, And it's just really a rare quality. Um, I think a lot of people come out of school rigid and nervous, right? Um, And you're the opposite. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm a big believer that um, things build on each other and, you know, skills build and life experiences build. And, um, I really think that the 
openness that has led me to, and then I'll go into, I'll go into the next thing that happened. Um, but this open quality really comes from, um, being an actor and going to basically a trade school. Um, Tish didn't feel like a regular college experience. You know, most of my friends went to class two days a week and then kind of bummed around the other five days of the week and, you know, did whatever, um, maybe had an internship here or there, but mostly napped a lot and watched a lot of Netflix. Um, and I didn't have that experience. I, um, went to class, you know, five days a week, had rehearsal in the evenings and on the weekends, I was constantly moving and constantly, um, doing new things and, you know, being an actor, being a student of, of acting, you have to be open. Like I took a class called clown. Okay. And I am, I don't think I would have ever pictured myself wearing a red nose and walking around in some big shoes and pretending to be a clown, but it happened. (laughs) And so, um, I think that experience has led me to be open throughout, um, all the different parts of my life. Um, so the next turning point in the story, um, so I worked with the Dwarra girls for, um, about three years in a role that evolved, you know, as much as it did that first year, it just, it kept evolving. Um, I took over their digital marketing strategy. I ended up taking over, you know, 50% of their accounts and managing, um, managing sales with Nadia. Um, I was there when they did their first appearance on QVC. I went over to Indonesia to meet the, you know, Southeast Asia team and to help um, train them on the way that we were doing things in the U S. Um, the role continued to evolve and continued to be interesting every single day. Um, but after working there for three years, I felt like I needed a change. I needed, you know, to go and learn frameworks and to learn what it's like to work in a big organization and to have that experience because I never have. Um, and so I, had started putting some feelers out about different jobs that I could take thinking I would stay within the beauty industry because I was loving it so much. Um, and a recruiter reached out to me on LinkedIn and said that he had an opportunity at a hedge fund. And I was like, okay. Um, did, did that seem really random to you? Oh, random. Um, but my dad worked in the finance industry. My mom was an accountant. And so I was like, Hey, this could be interesting. Um, maybe I'll make some money. (laughs) That was intriguing. Um, and I wasn't going to do anything about it. Um, but, and I probably sat on the message for three days and then I wrote back and I was like, you know what, what the heck? I'm looking for a new job anyway. It might just be an interesting experience to go on the interview and I may look like a complete idiot because I don't know anything about, you know, trading, um, or financial markets, but I will give it a shot. And so I wrote back to the recruiter and we got on the phone and he explained, um, the very unique environment, um, of the hedge fund, um, that I did end up going to work at. And I was captivated. 
um, by the culture and by, um, the fact that they had jobs, um, that were just management jobs, um, kind of like PMing. Um, but I didn't have, they weren't expecting me to have any sort of financial background. And he's like, you know what, just, just apply. And so I did. And, um, there was a very long online application process. And then I had to go in for a whole day there where I did bunch of stuff. I did case studies and roundtable conversations. And I met with what felt like, you know, everyone in the department. It was, it was crazy. It was a long day. It was like 12 hours, um, of interviewing. And at the end of that day, I was just so intellectually stimulated by, um, the quality of people that were there that I decided to take the job. And so I went from working at a beauty startup with like, you know, maybe five people working there to a hedge fund with 2000, um, kind of overnight. Yeah. That's a crazy shift. And once again, I think this, this openness is so compelling, right? Willing to leave the comfort zone of a small, probably family feel environment. And then like completely switch careers like the trajectory of the career, right? To go to a hedge fund. Um, I love this. And I think this is something that young people um, can feel really good about hearing that it's okay to explore, right? You have this sense of discovery in a lot of your life that um, I think some people feel really rigid and scared to do, but it, it led you to be able to become the director of marketing in a brand that's really compelling at such a young age. Can you fast forward us to um, how you landed back in beauty? Um, Because my question for you, you know, now that you've experienced this hedge fund world, beauty world, acting, then why beauty? Yeah. So um, I hope that that sense of discovery never leaves me. Um, I think it's something that, you know, you should have while you're young. And I hope to still have it when I'm 85. Um, because I feel like that's what life is, you know, an ever evolving journey. Um, but going back to your question. So I worked at the hedge fund for about a year, um, as the, um, CAO of the research analytics department. And then eventually, um, as the chief of staff, um, it was an awesome, awesome, awesome opportunity. And I learned a ton about the things that I wanted to learn about, you know, operations, frameworks, managing people, managing up, um, managing teams. I mean, I think that it gave me a vocabulary for a way of being and a way of working that I, um, had innately wanted. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I would say about halfway through my time working there. So I'd only been there about six months. Um, I am on a trip with, um, I'm on a trip with my boyfriend, um, in Italy and I get this email from some random person who I'd never met before, um, saying, hi, you know, your resume sort of fell through the cracks of my email. I love to come, have you come in and talk to me if you're still looking, no other context. And so, (laughs) I'm like, this is so weird. I email back and I'm like, hi, you know, I'm so sorry. I don't, I, um, don't remember applying for 
a job recently. Do you mind just giving me a reminder of what this was for? And she writes back and she's like, oh no, you applied probably eight or nine months ago. Um, oh, man. <laughs> somehow your resume got lost and it's for, um, you know, it was for a brand manager position, but now we're maybe looking for some marketing people and we're a private equity fund and we own a bunch of different beauty brands. And at that point, my ears perked up and I'm like, private equity fund that owns beauty brands. That seems like the perfect marriage of the two things that I, the two past, you know, jobs that I've had, the two worlds that I've been in, um, finance and beauty. And it just, I was not ready to make a move at that point. I'd only been where I was for six months. Um, but I told her that I'd grab a coffee with her. Um, because I just, I really love meeting people, talking to them, hearing about their lives. Um, and I like to make new friends. And so, um, I went into work late one day, um, and I took the morning to grab a coffee with this woman. Her name was Karen. And she told me about their fund and all of the different brands that they own. And she said that there might be, um, a brand manager position available for this really cool, you know, luxury plastic surgeon brand. And I said, great, that sounds awesome. You know, I'm not looking to move right now, but maybe, you know, next year. Um, and she's like, oh, just, you know, come meet the doctor. And so <laughs> um, I go in, I meet the doctor, I have this amazing facial peel. And we kind of just kept a dialogue going um, for the next six months um, until I felt like, you know, I was ready to leave and they felt like they had, it. I didn't end up taking the plastic surgeon brand manager job. Um, they ended up having something else that they wanted me to do, which I think is an even better fit for me. Um, and so we kept the dialogue going until this job, the director of marketing and operations job, um, at immunology was open and they were ready for me. And I was kind of ready to make a move. I'd, I'd gone, I felt like I'd learned some things and I really wanted to come back, um, to an industry that feeds a lot of the, um, a lot of the things that I want in my life. Um, there's a lifestyle that comes with working in the beauty industry that I love, um, especially at a smaller company, you know, it's fast paced. You get to do a lot. Um, it's a little bit glamorous, which I love. Um, that actor part of me will never go away. I love clothes. Mm -hmm. I love shoes. I love makeup. Um, I love getting dressed up and I love that I can do that and that people care about that in this industry. Um, I love the science behind products. I love learning about ingredients. I feel like there's always a new ingredient that's being discovered that, you know, could be the next industry changing thing. Um, I love packaging. I love going to printing houses. I love foil stamps. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just, it's the best combination of glamour and nerd. Um, and I don't think there's another industry that's quite like it. That's, that's such a great thing. The best combination of glamour and nerd. I'm writing that down. <laughs> so my, my last question for you, Sam, um, 
and it's really more a personal than business. But um, aside from financial goals, what's your personal barometer for success? Hmm. Um, I'm a very intuitive person. Um, I don't know if you've ever taken a Myers-Briggs uh, psychology test, but um, yeah. they people span on this test between um, sensing and intuition. That's one of the, um, one of the bars and I'm, you know, through the roof on the intuition side. Um, and so I, I kind of feel when things are right and I feel when I'm in a groove and that feeling of, you know, moving forward, building something, um, is definitely one of my barometers for success. Um, I also, think that um building a business is one of my barometers for success like I don't want to just go in um and do a job every day that maybe makes some impact maybe doesn't um I want to feel like I'm going in every day and doing something that moves the needle for the company that I'm working for um or hopefully you know one day the company that I that I own um because that's my ultimate goal um and I I think one of my other barometers for success is happiness. You know, how happy am I to wake up and go to work every day? Am I jumping out of bed, um, running to my computer, checking my email, you know, calling people, or am I kind of, you know, pressing snooze five times and dreading the wake up? I never want to dread the wake up. I always want to be. Right. Bed. Um, it's incredible goal. And Sam, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been such a pleasure to learn from you. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I love chatting with you and, and your listeners. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.